Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. We are going through 32 teams in 32 days only with the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with my brothers, the twins, Michael and Jason. Yo, what's good? Don't forget to check out BrotoFantasy.com for everything Broto Fantasy, including articles, not articles of clothing, articles of writing, and uh, our exclusive stat through val- true values, uh, our rankings. We're all official fantasy pros rankers this season. Holla at you, boys. Um, that's where you find all of that. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy, also for a ton of extras, including extra episodes, access to the Discord, access to the Broto uh Dynasty leagues and regular redraft leagues, and much, much more. Let's go on now to the San Francisco 49ers. Let's go to the wharf and check them out there. The NFC uh, champs. Me, me, Michael, and Jason went to the San Francisco wharf one time on a spontaneous San Francisco vacation. Spontaneous while, for you. And me. For me Jason yeah. went and, to and visit and he, yeah, the school. Jason was exploring colleges before he picked, he chose to go to. Uh, his illustrious school now. So, Cornell, you ever heard of it? <laughs> Nardog. So, Jason's wearing a Cornell shirt right now trying to flex on us. Like, oh, look, I'm Ivy League and you guys aren't. Totally, so that's well. what I'm doing. I'm yep. Smart. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing a shirt that was like $2 because law school is three years. So I was visiting Ithaca. I went to the Cornell store and they had OD Cornell class of 2022 shirts on sale because that just passed. So they just had to get rid of them. Because, you know, undergrad is four years. So nobody wanted the 2022 shirts anymore. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I'm grabbing um, those. Talking about someone that doesn't seem to be wanted anymore. Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback for this Kyle Shanahan offense. Um, it doesn't see last year he was the talk of the town. He was everyone's kind of favorite sleeper. And then this year, not really much buzz about him. I think you, you got the idea last year that although Jimmy Garoppolo has some skill uh, the offense is trying not to let it lean on Jimmy Garoppolo. They are. <laughs> Woo. Sorry about that. Oh, bless you, a, Mr. Man. They are a one. They are a run first offense. So the question is, what, under what circumstances are you drafting Jimmy Garoppolo? And more importantly, like, is he even worth it? If it's not a, a two quarterback league, you're not drafting Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's nothing against Garoppolo. He's he's a guy who's a better real life quarterback than fantasy quarterback he's never had a yards per attempt under eight he averages over two yard two touchdowns per interception the problem is that he averages less than 30 attempts per game and doesn't run so he's very good for that offense i do think he has streaming potential he could have some blow-up games but it's a kyle shanahan offense that likes to run so at the end of the day you're looking at a streamer because most weeks he's not going to throw more than 30 times and if he's not using his legs he's going to have to throw a lot of touchdowns in order to score those points. So yeah, D- Jimmy G's obviously not getting drafted Streamer. in the quarterback league. I won't give you uh, up. But what we really want to know about Jimmy G is how is he going? How is this offense going to be affected? Because as of right now, this wide receiver core is just kind of what the f- or like there is of. going on. What the oof is going on? What the um. Debo Samuel looks to be like the best value in every draft before this comes out. Because he might be on pace to return week one. 
And if you're getting him in like the tenth round, and he's the number one option in a Kyle Shanahan offense with no other real competition for targets, um, besides an injured rookie and some guys that are underwhelming at best, like Kendrick Bourne, Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, right? That's a great pick. Yeah. But if he doesn't come back, who are you looking at in this? Are you are you taking any of these pass catchers? Yeah. So the Debo the Debo Samuel injury got like pushed to the back burner because it happened so early in the off season. But man, this is probably still the one that hurts me the most because I was really targeting Debo Samuel in like the sixth seventh round where his ADP was in like April and May before he got hurt. And I know that the 49ers are a team that operates through their running backs and all that. But Samuel was putting on a clinic last season after week eight. Starting week eight, he scored single digits in two of his final 10 games. So eight of 10, he scored over, he scored double digits. He scored single digits in four of his five, of his, excuse me, four of the first five games of his career. And then he became a stud. He was the 15th wide receiver beginning week eight, 21 in points per game. So this guy became a smack dab wide receiver two weekly option as a rookie. But now he has the broken foot, and that's the issue. They're saying there's a chance he's ready week one. They're, they're saying he's a chance he's not ready for a month or so. It's honestly a toss-up, and they're not really giving much detail about it. So drafting Debo puts you at risk of not having a receiver for a significant amount of time, possibly, with legitimate re-injury risk as well. It's a broken foot. If he comes back too quick, all he has to do is take one bad step or have one person step on his foot once accidentally during the game, and you never know what's going to happen. He's currently going off the board at wide receiver 33. I thought he'd be going a little lower. But, look, I trust the talent. There's no real threat there, like you said. It's not like any of these guys are going to take the lead dog role from him. Once he comes back, he's going to be that alpha again in that offense next to George Kittle. So I'm okay with taking him in the ninth, 10th round where he's going right now, as long as you draft a team able to make up for his absence. Like, if Debo don't have make Debo Samuel the second wide receiver you draft. But, like, if you get three or four wide receivers and you're already up to your bench piece, which you should be once you reach the ninth or tenth round, there's really no downside in taking Debo Samuel. Because if he comes back healthy, that's a steal. He's my fifth receiver in our home league. And, then, yeah, so that was a good pick by Jason, I thought, as his fifth wide receiver in our home league. Especially because he took someone like A.J. Green. So this helps negate that. Like if A.J. Green gets hurt and Debo Samuel returns. Exactly. I figured A.J. Green, maybe I'll get four good weeks out of him. And then Debo Samuel lead me the rest of the way. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so Brandon, now now to Brandon Ayuk. He's dealing with an an- injury now as well. He strained his hamstring. But the Niners are calling it a mild hamstring strain. So he's someone who's standing to benefit from Debo because... The athletic beat reporters watching San Fran are saying Ayuk is looking as good as advertised. The Niners said he had them on their big board up there with CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, the two guys who people thought were above the rest. And look, Brandon Ayuk was a a Juco star, junior college, for those who don't know. So he played two years at junior college, went to Arizona State. His junior year, he, he was okay. He caught like 400 yards and then exploded his senior year. So there are some concerns that his in his profile that he has one good season in his career against a uh, solid competition there at Arizona State but i mean the niners didn't spend the 25th overall pick on the guy for nothing and i feel like everyone's talking about lamb judy jefferson rager because they're first round picks and the teams want to use them right away but i feel like brandon ayuk is like the lost 
first-round pick of the offseason. That is, it's falling perfectly into place for him, and people still are just disregarding him. I mean, it's not a coincidence that the 49ers lost in the Super Bowl, and then their first pick was a playmaking wide receiver. That's not a coincidence. Like, they clearly wanted to get a guy to help bring some juice to their offense, and that's what Brandon Ayuk is going to do. And he has an ADP of wide receiver 66. Like, he's going undrafted in 12-man leagues. I got him in the 14th round of our home league draft and put him on my bench. I was very happy about it. Keep an eye on the injury here, of course, because hamstring strains aren't great, although they're saying it's mild. But, I mean, say Samuel's out a few weeks and Brandon Ayuk's hamstring isn't bad, this is a guy who could have a significant role from the jump, and he was a 25th overall pick. Like, they like this guy, clearly, and it's not a high-powered, high-volume passing offense, but... He's someone you should definitely consider and not let go undrafted in your fantasy leagues. Michael just took us to Brandon Ayuk school, bro. <laughs> I feel like I just got a Brandon Ayuk lesson in life. Bruco. Brandon Ayuk um, Junior College. Let's go over to the running backs, which is the stalwart of the Kyle Shanahan offense. Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, all in the mix. Jeffrey Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Might not even make the team. Right now out of camp, as Real quick, of this though, recording, before you skip, Raheem Mostert is... Before you skip to the running backs, I just want to say Kendrick Bourne is also someone who's an interesting flyer at the end of your draft. He might end up having some real value early on if Samuel and Ayuk both miss out. So keep an eye on Kendrick Bourne as well. Sorry, just wanted to throw that in there. All good. Um... I lost my chance of thought, but Raheem Mostert in camp up until now is getting the first team reps. He seems to clearly be the guy. And after last year when he took over and did great, and then he did great in the Super Bowl, and then they gave him a new contract, even though it wasn't what he wanted. He still gave him a new contract. Tevin Coleman is kind of used to being the second dog, so that's a role that he's comfortable in, especially in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Raheem Mostert looks more and more like a great pick where you're, where you're getting him. Yeah, look, it's the Raheem Mostert conundrum. There's a con, there's cons and pros. The con is that he's had 171 carries in 25 career games under Shanahan. The pro is that most of that came at the end of last season and that he was hyper-efficient. The thing is, this is a Kyle Shanahan offense, so there's going to be people who run the ball, and there's going to be a RBBC, but that doesn't mean that the number one guy doesn't have value. And right now, Mostert is a 24th running back off the board. Mostert, at the end of last season, saw 10 or 11 rushes in three of the five games where he was the starter and caught a touch, had a touchdown in every game and caught between one and three passes every game. He's not going to score a touchdown every game, but he's basically guaranteed to have 12 to 18 touches every game in a 49ers Shanahan offense. That's enough to be a running back, too. And right now he's being drafted as a 24th running back. Literally the last RB2. There, I mean, is, there is something to say about like the late blooming of Raheem Mostert. We don't, see, we don't see things like this often where someone comes onto the scene late and then has like successful years. It tends to be a one-hit wonder type of thing. So there is some risk there with Mostert. In Although, the playoffs, though, he saw 17 touches. So... Over the last 10 games for the 49ers, he's averaged around 15 touches per game. And I think that's what scares people off. I think that there is some 
there is some, I don't know, Kyle Shanahan, I don't know, you're scared of him because he has done this thing in the past where it looks like someone's going to be a starter and then they split carries or someone's a starter and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, someone else gets the big game. Like, because last year when you thought it was going to be Tevin Coleman, it changed over to Raheem Mostert. And then sometimes you banked on Raheem Mostert or Tevin Coleman and Jeff Wilson was the one who had the big game. Dude, Jeff so Wilson it, is going to score touchdowns randomly. It's just a yeah. fact. It's going to happen. And McKinnon maybe will get some work. But I, Mostert I haven't drafted yet on the team. He's going a little high for my taste at the moment, I guess. His ADP on Fantasy Pros is 24th. But I don't know. Just at that point. Because I'm a running back early type of person. So at that point, I don't need a third running back, I guess. That's why I've been avoiding him. Because there's nothing against him. But someone I have been drafting a lot of is Tevin Coleman. Because if Mostert's going to see 10 to 15 touches, well, 10 to 18 touches, Coleman's going to see 7 to 12. And that's enough to put you in the running back two flex category. Another guy I drafted at the, in the later rounds of our home league last year, the other day, last week. I don't, and if Coleman does take over for Mostert, you're not paying a high price for that. Yeah, Tevin Coleman's one of those guys that's, yes, he, he actually has standalone value. We were talking about, um, who were we talking about just recently on one of these Murray Edmonds. Shows? Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about Edmonds. Like, that's not standalone value. Tevin Coleman is standalone value. He's a guy who you're going to be able to start, maybe not consistently, but every once in a blue, um, or maybe when, like, during a bye week or something like that of your starting running backs. Um, let's go to the big fish. George Kittle gets a new contract. All the swag is there. I love George Kittle. Um, I haven't had any George Kittle because my love for Mark Andrews is ridiculously overboard. So I think that he's going to be the best player, maybe the tight end one this year. But I think George Kittle, it would be hard to take that. To take a to take that before. It's, it's going to be hard to take over for George Kittle because George Kittle is so damn nice. Um, and he's going to be the number one offense. He's the number one passing option on a Kyle Shanahan offense. He's in the, And he's in the tight end spot. And he's super ridiculous. And I, I don't know. Like, you can say as many good things as you want. Like, take him. If you yeah. want a big If you want a big advantage in tight end, I have no problem with George Kittle being the second best player on your team. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about George Kittle right now? Come on, man. Everyone yeah. in the Brodo universe knows how we feel about George Kittle. And if you're a new listener, just know that we have been George Kittle's number one fan for ages. And Jason, my brother and co-host, drafted George Kittle in every single league a couple of years ago when he was a ninth, 10th round pick and told you guys to do the same. And won a lot of championships because of it. And the only thing with Kittle, too, is... His numbers, if you look at them last year, are a little underwhelming. 1,053 yards and five touchdowns. But if you watched 49ers games, right? So the 49ers on the West Coast, they play a lot of 4 o'clock games over here on the East Coast. And we watch Red Zone for most of the day. And usually there's only like three 4 o'clock games. So we basically have a split screen of all three games at all times, essentially. And I can't tell you, literally, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's a lot. <laughs> How many times George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo either just missed a touchdown pass, uh, were tackled at the one or two or three or four, or got called back, or got called back due to penalty? Kittle could have easily had 10 touchdowns last year. Also, he did have 11 red zone receptions, second of all tight ends, five touchdowns. 
But also, he averaged the most fantasy points per game. And he only played in 14 games, guys. He put up 85, 1,053, and 5 in 14 games. Like, people people keep looking at Kittle's numbers, and they forget that the dude missed two games. And when he was gone, Ross Dwelly was even useful. Like, that's the number one role in that offense, the George Kittle tight end role. Dude, the dude when Kittle gets hurt, I stream Dwelly, and I'm happy every time. <laughs> it's true. And the dude Yo. just doesn't really take very many snaps off, especially for a tight end. Like, he's in there run blocking, he's in there pass blocking, he's in there running routes. He's a mismatch. He's just, he's a beast. So, yeah, he should absolutely be the second tight end Yak off the King. board. I'm not, I'm not the guy who thinks you should take him over Travis Kelsey, but I do think he's clearly the second tight end off the board, and I'm perfectly fine with taking him, like, late second, where his ADP says. Interesting on this team, I think, is Jordan Reed, because with the lack of outside weapons, and the innovation of Kyle Shanahan, you would imagine that Jordan Reed is someone that they could find a place to, for him to get open because the dude was remarkable when he was young. I think he might be he reaching a little bit. He's still he not old. So is Jordan Reed someone like maybe you're going to take in a, in a best ball draft late? Like I, I think that he's going to be interesting. No. Yeah. I'm not buying it either. I'm. Just, I just oh, don't. Man. I think that if if let's put it this way, if he gets seven targets week one, which is not out of the range of possibilities, then I think that he should be on everyone's radar for He's spending a crazy little share right now. Why would Jordan Reed get seven targets? Because there's no one else to throw to, bro. What do you? Ken, what is Kendrick Bourne gonna gonna take all those targets away? Trent Taylor is gonna come and take them all away? No. You're gonna go to the. Yeah. You're gonna go to. You're gonna go to the talent, and Jordan Reed has the talent. It's, it's never been a talent problem. It's been an injury problem. So, I mean, last time we we saw him, he had 558 uh, yards and two touchdowns in eight in eight starts, 84 targets. This is a guy who's a, a monster when he's on the field. So it's and uh, it's just you know, maybe I've said too much already. Yeah, yeah. About it. I'm but, so I was not expecting to have a 12 minute Jordan Reed conversation. I'll tell you that much. I I knew that you guys were just gonna dismiss this, but I think it's more than don't draft him. But it's, it's dismissible. Keep him on the list, and he's one of those guys, man. If he gets if he gets a bunch of targets week one, then he's he's that means he's gonna be in the offense, and that's someone that I might have to take a shot on. Um, and did we miss anybody? No, I don't believe so. <laughs> Okay, um, one injury away. Michael, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Coleman slash um, Mostert because if one of them is like the workhorse, I don't think McKinnon's really going to be – I think he's going to be more of just the pass-catching type of guy. Like I don't really see McKinnon ever really taking a lot of early down work. So I think if Coleman or Mostert were to get hurt, then one of them would be able to really secure that job, and it would be great for fantasy. Jason? Correct. I concur. I concur, Tim. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. There's something wrong with my on my on my end. I'm like, uh, I can't really hear everything you guys are saying in the beginning of your sentences. Your sentences are starting like two two uh, two words too late. Um, it's Jordan Reed for me. I just told you all about Jordan Reed. Ross Dwelly will be better than Jordan Reed if Kittle went down. What? Ross Dwelly 
will be better than Jordan Reed if Kittle were to go down. I uh, vehemently disagree with that. I concur. If Jordan yeah. Reed is healthy. If Jordan Reed is healthy. Uh, we'll see about that guy. Want to make a bet on it? Want to make a bet on Dwelly versus Reed? Yeah. <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> you do? Yeah, why not? All right, but it, but it's uh, injury contingent. So, like, if Jordan Reed gets hurt, it's it's out. So then we shouldn't even write it down. <laughs> Why? Because Jordan Reed's going to get hurt. But yeah, yeah, I'll write it down. Don't worry. I'm writing All it right. down right now. We're in. Um, come check us out during the season where we do a lot of bets. And then we go over at the end of the year who won the bets. Michael is the champion two years running. But that's right. I am closing in on that ass. Jason, on the other hand, is last place two Dude, years running. Dude, you got so. shit on me. I did at pretty well last Jason. year. <laughs> Like I, I, I did pretty well last year. If we look at the scores, yeah, we. I mean, we all did pretty well. It wasn't like it wasn't like two years ago where Michael like won almost all the bets. Yeah, it was absolutely but, uh, dominant. Last year was very much more even. Um, Michael, where can they find you if they want to make bets with you? At Brodo FF Mike, Jason. At Brodo FF Jason. At Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there, and at Brodo Fantasy <laughs> for all of us. BrotoFantasy.com for all the extras. Uh, for all, I'm sorry for all the other stuff, including rankings. Uh, articles, true throw, and true target values, our exclusive stat, uh, our draft cheat sheets, uh, videos, and tons, tons more. Go check that out. At Broto Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram as well. And, of course, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy where you can help support the show and also get access to tons of extras, which I go over every day, so I won't do it today because we're almost done. Almost last, done with the heat wave. Uh, our last summer heat wave is kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of sad. It's bittersweet. September is the most bittersweet month ever because, you know, if you're in school or you're a teacher, school starts, but plus the NFL starts. And it, it's starting to get cold too, so it's not the summer, so that sucks. But also the NFL starts. True. And, uh, man, the it, it starts to rain a little more and, you know, you don't have the freedom of the summer and, yeah, but also the NFL starts. True. You know? True. Not so bad. Later. Later. Later.